0: So the the research that we published is looking back at effectively 2021, but also because innovation is predominantly a forward-looking thing, it's very much looking to the next year, 2022, and looking to inform the plans, the innovation portfolio decisions that the carriers that we work with are choosing to make. Hello and welcome to Nineties
1: Lessons from the Frontline podcast. If you're not familiar with Ninety, we specialise in insurance innovation. That's taking new insurance ideas to market in 60 days and building best practice innovation capabilities for insurers in 12 months. Uh, We've recently been voted Consultancy of the Year by the industry for the third year in a row, which we're we're really proud of. Proud of the work we get to do with our clients and to be recognised in that space. Uh, the kind of kind of clients that we're working with range from uh, all different product lines, classes lines, globally. So, for example, we work with AXA, Allianz, Travellers, Aetna, Swiss Re. And what we're doing in this podcast series is to let you hear from some of our insurance innovation consultants at Ninety. So we've got a special episode today with managing partner at Ninety, Dan White and we're gonna be exploring the Idea Pulse research. So before we get into any of that, I'd like to just welcome Dan White. Hi, Dan, how are you doing today?
0: I'm good, thank you, Dan, for having me along. Very
1: good, no problem at all, Dan. A very welcome guest here. So for those of you who don't know Dan, would you be able to introduce yourself quickly?
0: Sure, my background has for, for many years been in digital transformation and innovation within the insurance sector. I was around at the Genesis of 90 some nine years ago and am um, one of the partners in the business. My role particularly is to focus on our work with ideas in insurance and risk and particularly the, the boldest end of that spectrum. So my, my personal passion is to identify and incubate the boldest ideas in insurance and risk and that's why this this piece of research, the idea pulse, is important to me. And looking forward to talking about it together.
1: Brilliant, thank you, Dan. And uh, the topic that we're going to be talking about is actually one that me and you talked about on this podcast pretty much exactly a year ago. So yeah. the the subject of this is going to be our idea pulse twenty twenty two research. So let's explore this topic a bit let's 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 dive into it what is it where did it come from what do people use it for
0: sure so what this is is a piece of research that we've run continually really for the last 3 years and once a year we have published a, a kind of point in time analysis of what we've seen over the previous 12 months so the the research that we published is looking back at effectively 2021 And looking at what has been happening in innovation across the insurance sector, all lines, all classes, all components of the value chain and all geographies over the 2021 period. But also because innovation is predominantly a forward-looking thing, it's very much looking to the next year, 2022, and looking to inform the plans, the innovation portfolio decisions that the the carriers that we work with are are choosing to make. It's also influencing and informing our own investment decisions at 90 as we invest in a series of bold ideas in insurance and risk too. The thinking behind the Idea Pulse originally was that we were continually working with insurers, reinsurers on large, bold, innovative ideas. And we wanted to expand our a view of the world, our horizon, if you like, of what we could see going on. And so we undertook this work to track several hundred of the world's largest insurance businesses, the big reinsurers, the big primary carriers, the big brokers. And we do that in the major insurance markets around the world. And so our data set, which now has, I think, two and a half, three thousand different innovations in it, is concentrated on North America, on Europe and on Asia where the the dominant insurance markets lie. So it's fun, it's always a fun exercise. It's revelatory in terms of what it tells us about what the insurance world is innovating. And then from my, um, if you like, curious side of of things, it, it starts giving me clues about where the white spaces may lie. So areas of opportunity that nobody is innovating in. And that for me is one of the more interesting uses of the the analysis Absolutely. And this this
1: is a report that we do get a bit excited about every year. Since what we do is focused only on innovation and only on insurance, it doesn't afford us the ability to, to geek out on this stuff, so we do indulge ourselves annually on this. One other question before we get into just some of the findings from it, Dan. So you mentioned that this is a report that tracks the global state of insurance innovation annually. Just for some context for people who are listening, where does this data come from? Where do we track these findings? What do we mean when we say that we're tracking insurance innovation trends here?
0: Sure. So there are two ways that we gather this data. The first is to, to just be continually scanning the, the press releases, the announcements, the conference circuits, the, 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 these large corporates that we track. We track 350 of them around the world. And we're looking for what are they announcing to the world that they have innovated and created and launched? Uh, or what are they telling the world that they are launching? So press releases, that sort of thing. Uh, but we're conscious that that gives us a, a slightly biased view because it's, it's a little bit frothy. There's a lot of glamour in the press releases, and we try to filter through that. But it also doesn't tell us what's happening behind the scenes and that what's being worked on and perhaps is failing or is a big thing yet to come. And so our second source of, of data points to some degree, or certainly insight, is our own workbench and our own network across the insurance industry, which tells us the stuff that's behind the scenes still. And we use that in the strictest confidence as a bit of a truth serum, and we overlay that over the top of the, the frothy press releases to give us an interpretation of actually what's happening both at workbench level and out in the public domain in live um, production mode. So that's the, those are the sources.
1: Mhm. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Okay, thank you. So that's a helpful context for some of the findings that we're going to get into. So Ideables 2022, a lot has changed in the past 12 months. We've been coming to coming out of the pandemic or trying to. That's influenced a lot of consumer behavior, a lot of innovation portfolios globally. Um, so I wonder if we could start with some of the headline trends and findings from this report. Uh, So I know that we've broken this down by different product classes, different regions. So I wonder, Dan, if you could just help to give a a headline view of what were some of the the key findings from this year's report, what would be in the exec summary?
0: Okay. So I think what would be good to to do is to split our time a little bit between some of the big ideas that we see coming out, what we call the the 10 big ideas in insurance innovation. But let's start uh, first just with, if you like, a, a more a look at how things have evolved year on year. And there's some interesting things when we look at the year on year trends here. The first point to raise is that there is just more innovation going on out there than there was in any of the previous years that we have tracked. So the quantum of innovation has increased. More people are talking about it. There's just more activity happening. It feels like the the innovation fuse and the insure tech fuse that were lit a number of years ago three four five six years ago in insurance are, are getting close to igniting the thing and we're seeing just a, a, a big uptick quantitatively in what we're seeing coming out of the of the sector so that's the first thought the second thought is that when we split that into the different classes or lines of business we see different evolutions in what's happening and historically We've seen personal PNC and commercial PNC being the kind of front runners in terms of the, the, just the sheer amount of innovation that's going on. We've seen a lot coming from health insurance, particularly around embedding health tech. And then we've seen specialty Lloyds and reinsurance over the last year or two um, picking up speed and, and, and playing catch up. But what's been really interesting this year is that life insurance, which has been a laggard in our data and in our analysis for, for years now, has very boldly dialed up the amount of innovation going on. So we're seeing a 2.5x a increase, so a, a 146% increase in the quantum of innovation going on by life carriers and in life products and life propositions. And that's enormous, that, that, that significantly out increasing all of the other lines of business and actually moving themselves into not the front runner, not the not the front of the pack, but they are in the, the, the group at the front of the pack now. And so that's a something we've been calling for and uh, encouraging life carriers to be leaning into for a little time now. And it's encouraging to see that happen. It's a difficult category in which to innovate, not least because the the, the, the amount of time you've got to live with the consequence of the risk you're taking as an innovator is enormous. 20, 30, 40 years, you may be living with the consequence versus a 12-month a consequence in a lot of the other product lines. So it's good to see that, that acceleration. Let me just give you three or four of the areas that life insurers are investing in.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, the first, uh, th- there's, there's what I call the bread and butter stuff, so some product and proposition innovation some stuff around selecting risks and that kind of stuff, which is the bread and butter of innovation. But the, the the two areas that life insurers have been very materially leaning into, the first is customer engagement. So this is something that life carriers have talked to us about for a long time. They've expressed the frustration of, of, of being a very low-touch product and looking for ways to engage customers. So we we see that very clearly in the data this year, that customer engagement by life insurers has been a meaningful area of, of innovation investment. So that's the first. The second area that they have been innovating in is in digital distribution and embedded ecosystems. So um, starting to adopt the, the, these more, more sophisticated, more modern, more connected ways of distributing these life products. And that's again a, a point that we see as encouraging, a point that we see as exciting. And looking forward to seeing what life does in the, in the coming months. So that's the second key, key thought that life has really bigged it up. And then the third is that, that, that the type of innovation that we see happening across the set has shifted away from internal forms of innovation, think operations, think claims, towards very heavily externalized forms of innovation. So collaboration and partnerships, for example, has had a 200% increase in the amount of innovation going on. Customer experience has had 186% increase in the amount of innovation going on. Brand and marketing, 171% increase year on year. And channel and distribution, just over 100%. These are all externally focused forms of innovation. And I I may be reading too much into this, but what it smacks to me of is perhaps the executives at these businesses gaining a degree of boldness perhaps in innovating for differentiation and for, and for market share and for top-line growth, rather than purely investing to take a point or two off the combined operating ratio.
1: So some of the observations there about the quantum of innovation globally across all classes increasing heavily, but life in particular being brought up by that, which, as you say, excellent to see that particular class of business step up to the line for innovation here. As you mentioned, really hard industry to innovate in, and that's a really good and encouraging trend to see. Um, Dan, I know that some of these overall trends feed into an uh, aspect of the report that you mentioned earlier, which are the 10 big ideas. So this is a feature that we have in the report each year, right? which is the 10 recurring ideas from the past 12 months of insurance innovation. And I know that you're keen to talk about some of these, and I've actually just pulled up the list in front of me now, just to rattle through these. You can find the list on the website, but they are the evolution of usage-based insurance, digital auto claim journeys, digital distribution and risk transfer, cybersecurity, telehealth, climate action involving net zero and ESG, advancing natural catastrophe risk management, transforming small business insurance, reinventing life and income protection, and ensuring autonomous, connected, electric, and shared vehicles. I wonder when you have been reading this, digesting this yourself, if you have any views as to what these 10 ideas mean as a theme where these might have come from does this say anything about the state of the industry in the moment
0: i think as a collection i'm not sure they say a huge amount because they they point to different parts of the industry so the digital auto claim journeys is very much driven by the personal lines insurers and in, in big big auto markets the the reinvention of life and income protection is driven effectively by some of the life reinsurers and some of the life carriers. But let me see whether I can pick out one or two themes. So I think there are technology trends that are happening outside of insurance that are being responded to by the insurance world. So I draw out cybersecurity, telehealth, and the autonomous connected electric and shared vehicles as three examples of that. I think there are digital technologies which are maturing outside of insurance and which are being adopted and used by insurers. And there I'll call out the the, the usage-based insurance telematics. I'll call out the digital distribution um, some of the kind of digital platforms and API pieces. And then I'd perhaps call out some of the, the macro trends which are happening at either at u- universal or global level or which are happening at societal level. So, and the response to climate and net zero, the catastrophe risk management and handling that cat would be two examples of that. And and then finally, um, the small business insurance transformation focus, as well as the reinvention of life and, and income, I think are driven more by societal uh, yeah. shifts. So COVID has Put, shed, uh, has um, cast a light onto, onto things like income protection and life and health, and that's driving a, a rethink about that. And then small business has been getting some focus for the last two or three years, and I think this is a continuation of that. Okay. and
1: And in the report, so we go into quite some detail about... <clears throat> examples of where this type of innovation is going on. Is there any particular one of these that you've got a, a particular curiosity about? Any one of these 10 ideas?
0: Sure. I, I might just um, go for the for 10th actually, which is ensuring ACEs, so the autonomous connected electric and shared vehicles. Partly because one of the 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 ventures that we're working on that we're incubating at the moment is is focused in this space so it's it's a combination of electric vehicle it is looking at digital distribution and kind of ecosystems and it's also addressing a climate challenge so it's about green transition the take up of electric vehicles and so on so shall i talk to that for a minute yeah please go ahead great so the the big idea here is driven by the fact that uh, technology in the automotive sector is rapidly shifting towards these technologies. Some of that is just new technologies have emerged and are being adopted. Some of it is regulation and some of it is climate change. And if I stick to the electric um, piece, it's uh, predominantly driven by the climate change agenda and the the government mandates in many uh, developed countries that are taking new diesel and petrol cars off the road. In the in the years very very uh, soon to come, and so insurers are starting to think about how they can respond to that. And what we what we some of the examples that we've tracked and that we're sharing here, I'll, I'll call out briefly. But one of the EV manufacturers, Rivian, is following the the lead that Tesla and General Motors um, have provided and launching its own in-house auto coverage with Nationwide Insurance in the U.S. serving as one of the underwriters behind that. And they've got a set of plans at Rivian that are fairly sophisticated, lots of kind of end-to-end approach to repairs, its own proprietary collision centres and service centres, and all of that backed into the insurance product with a lot of transparency, simplicity around the claim filing and so on. So uh, there's an example. If I come to the other side of the pond where you and I are sitting in the U.K., the RAC have launched a new hybrid and EV warranty product, which covers both used electric and hybrid cars, and is trying to take the risk out of people buying secondhand uh, electric vehicles. I think the RAC are also playing with British Gas, one of the big UK-based uh, energy suppliers, around an EV charger offer, so discounting home electric vehicle charger charging points. Installed by British Gas Engineers, but again backed into the RAC's wider product offering. And for anyone who's not familiar with RAC, probably one of the dominant uh, breakdown and assistance businesses in the UK market. Okay. Uh, those are some of the examples. Allianz Partners uh, has, has, has integrated a new electric mobility solution into its roadside assistance operations in France. It's called uh, EV Move. And that helps locate compatible charging stations and and solves some of that range anxiety-linked issue. And that that is part, according to Allianz and their partner, B-NOMAD, is part of of an intent to facilitate the adoption, the take-up of electric vehicles. And that's uh, close to my heart because that's um, part of what we're working on at the moment in this venture that that I mentioned a minute ago. So these are the... This is one of the areas that's seeing a meaningful amount of activity. Quite a few new um, propositions launching that go beyond just the, the obvious thing of extending a standard auto or car insurance product to suit an EV purpose. This is all the kind of bolt-ons, the extras, the wraparounds, and a realization by the insurers that the world of 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 automotive in 10 years' time will look nothing like it does today. The latest numbers I saw for the UK market, and I'm, I'm gonna get these wrong, but they're directionally correct, is that this time last year, something in the region of 10% of new cars sold were EVs. Yeah. In the last month, it's something like 40, 50, 60%. <laughs> the, the shift from 10% up to that kind of yeah. 50% mark has been astonishingly fast. And so it's capitalizing on that and saying, we're going to get involved in this, market and make it, uh, make something happen from it. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah. And that I think it proves that shows a, a good picture of the kind of richness of the information on each of these ideas. And of course people can go and buy the report, download it, read it. That's all well and good. But I guess one big question, Dan, just before we wrap up this podcast, and I guess this is the stress test of the validity of a lot of this, but what like, if you were to boil this down, what does this mean for the ideas that are worth exploring, and then what's ninety going to do with this data?
0: so the the idea pulse is designed to to help people innovating in the insurance and risk space to make decisions about where they should be innovating. So we're using it to pick the white spaces that we are investing in ourselves, things like mobility, things like green economy solutions. Things like connecting health and well-being into a virtuous circle, stuff in industrial IoT, stuff in embedded insurance. So that's the kind of thing that we're using it for. Some of the partners that we work with in the insurance sector, some of the big carriers and reinsurers are using it to do the same thing for themselves. And I just invite, if I may, for your listeners, the, 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 I think the executive summary of the report is available to download free the 90.com site and the full report and the data set behind it in in, in full searchable form is those are also available for purchase uh, for anyone wanting to do that if if some of the ideas that 90 is working on i've mentioned the future of mobility embedded green economy health and well-being industrial iot and ecosystems if any of those things that some of your listeners are actively investing in and working on I'd love to, to to connect with them, perhaps via you, to understand the kind of opportunities they're sensing, the ideas they're working on, to share something with them of what we believe to be the opportunities in those areas, what ideas we're working on, and see whether we might collaborate and um, find some some win-win outcome to, to to sharing a little bit with each other. Yeah. Uh,
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you brought that up. I mean, this is the point of uh, podcasts like this to generate and stimulate the conversation around this this topic. And yeah, from what you've said, Dan, if there are any listeners that would like to engage in a conversation like that, or even just to compare notes on some of these ideas, easiest way to probably get in touch would be to shoot me an email at dan.webster at 90.com. And then myself and Dan White can connect with you to, to engage in that. So thank you for that offer. And Dan, I think that brings us to about time on this until 2023, Ideapools. We're going to have to wrap here for Ideapools 2022. So thank you for your time in coming to talk to me about this
0: today. Thank you for having me on. And uh, here's to a, an innovative year ahead. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you, Dan okay so
1: thank you all for listening i'll see you on the next episode of this and i'll see you for the idea pools 2023 in 12 months time but for now if you're looking for more specialist insurance innovation content tools and events go ahead and visit 90.com where you'll find all about the idea pools 2022 how to download it how to get the exec summary or get in contact with us my email address dan.webster at 90.com so thank you for joining us today and we'll see you next time